Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Airborne will let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. All right, welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. I'm the host, Rifty, Ricky the Prez, Logan. Got my co-host Ricky at Dog Etridge VP. Uh, how's it going, mate? No, I'm great. Oh, I'm fantastic, mate. The Bombers are sitting third. Oh, how good is it? How yeah. good is it? Footy's back and the Bombers are winning. Oh, oh, I reckon we just can the season, mate. It's no good. Just nah. <laughs> we needed longer. We needed a couple more minutes. Sixteen-minute quarters are no good when you're trying to come what back. You, and bloody what are you talking about, points. mate? Sixteen-minute quarters are beautiful for the Bombers. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we didn't get our tips in for round one because episode obviously went out Monday night. As we mentioned, these are quite uh, pre-recorded. So we're like, well, we can't really throw our tips out on a Monday. So we did our tips last Friday. And uh, who's got, got the leaderboard there, mate? You got, have you got yeah. who got them correct? Yeah, well, you're on five. I'm on four. You, right. the, uh, the one that got you up was uh, you picked the Suns over there. The Eagles, and you pick the Saints over the Doggies. So they're yeah, the two that... Saints over the Doggies don't care about, mate. But when I told you I was picking the Suns, I'm pretty sure you told me that you know, you're an absolute idiot and what are you I, doing? I laughed at you. That's, <laughs> you know, when... Mate, they lost to a wooden spooners. This is ridiculous. Like, Eagle supporters should just shut the fuck up now and never speak again because... <laughs> I'll tell you what, it would, it would be nice to you that we know, wouldn't it? <laughs> the, mate... The dumbasses at the best of times, Eagle supporters. Like, if you're from Melbourne and you barrack for a Perth team, you're a dickhead to begin with. All right, mate. I hear you, but uh, <laughs> let's get stuck into it, mate. So, re- let's go around two, get our tips in, mate. Uh, MCG, Thursday night, Richmond versus Hawthorne. Who you got? Yeah, yeah Tigers got to bounce back from the draw. Yeah, I'm going to go Tigers. I was uh, prepping to take Hawthorne last week, and they absolutely embarrassed themselves and made my Friday night terrible. Uh, so, then we've got... Doggies and Jerry West at Marvel on Friday nights. Well, Doggies looks way full. GWS didn't look much better, but I have to go with GWS. Yeah, I have to go to Giants on that one as well. Uh, Saturday at Marvel again, we've got North versus Sydney. Well, North were bloody impressive, and Sydney were pretty ordinary, so I'm going North now. Yeah, Sydney were great. I just beaten by a better team, but uh, I'm going to go North on that one as well. Uh, Then we've got Collingwood and St Kilda at the MCG at four thirty-five. So that could that could be the good one. I'm I'm going to stick with the Pies, but Saints Saints did look pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna go the Pies on that one as well. I just uh, to me one of them ones. If the Pies win, I get a tip right. The Pies lose, it's never a bad day. So um, then we've got the Gabba Saturday night, Brisbane versus West Coast. 
we're going to have to go with the uh, Lions for that one. I'm going to go... Oh. West Coast looked absolutely... Yeah, but it'll be a second future. week in the hub now. So I'll play one percentage here and go Brisbane. No McGovern. Oh, that's true. That's it. No, well, Brisbane, yeah. Just, who's going to stop Hipwood? Hipwood. Uh, then we've got at, down at the Cattery, Geelong and Carlton. Yeah, it's hard, but I'm going to have to go with the Cats because they just look far too good. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cats for that one as well. Uh, last week, we were mucking around. I'm like, oh, you guys have beat Geelong. And then when I watched Geelong dish up what they did, I'm like, yeah, no, Geelong are probably going to be safe down there. But uh, then we've got my boys, the Suns versus Adelaide at Metricon. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to go with the Suns, aren't I? Because the Suns right. look bloody good. And Crows looked freaking ordinary against uh, Port Adelaide, that's for sure. I mean, that makes you a bit responsibly, but how would the Suns eighty and the Crows $2? I would have thought the Crows, the Suns would be into about $1.01 against the Crows. Oh, oh but there's this right. Essendon versus Melbourne. Essendon eighty-eight, North uh, Melbourne $1.92. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I actually don't know how we're favourites, so I'm actually scared about this one, but obviously we can go to the Bombers. Yeah, we'll go to the Bombers. I'm going to the Suns for the one beforehand as well. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. Um, and then we've got at 6.05 at Metricon Stadium, so neutral venue, Fremantle versus Port Adelaide. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Port Adelaide. Yeah, I reckon they're going to just thump Fremantle, which won't be a bad thing. But uh, yeah, it's our tips for the week, mate. So where are we off to? No, we're going to Toronto. We're going to catch up with Steve over there. He's uh, part of the Toronto Dingoes, mate. That was a good chat, this one. Um, as we've mentioned, these are recorded uh, quite well in advance, so there could be a few references that are quite outdated in football-wise and everything like that. But no, this is a nice quick chat and a good chat with Steve and, and um, also part of the AFL Ontario board as well. Yeah, it's another great chat. So uh, enjoy this one and we'll catch you on the next one. Uh, today, we would like to welcome our guest all the way from uh, Toronto. He, he's uh, the president of the Toronto Dingoes, Stephen Gordon. How are you going today, mate? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Ah, it's our pleasure. We're keen to learn about uh, footy over in Toronto. So let's get into it. So when and how were the Dingoes founded and why did they choose the name the Dingoes? Yeah, so the Dingoes were first uh, founded, so the first season was actually 1996, um, but the idea came about the previous year when a couple of guys uh, who were playing for a couple of different clubs in what was then the Canadian-Australian Football Association, uh, they're on a tour uh, in, in England with uh, Team Canada, um, and uh, they had the idea while they were there, came back, uh, put a bunch of thought into uh, names and put a bunch of different animals in the hat and uh, the dingoes I think was one of the first ones proposed and ultimately it was the one they uh, came out with um, for that first season and kind of went from there. Um, started off as the Toronto downtown dingoes and then over the years we've kind of dropped the uh, downtown piece just to reflect that our training ground has moved around a bit and also we have players coming in from outside the city now as well. Uh, nice and um, so do you know when the, uh, like who the first game was against and sort of how many players did you have when you first started out? Yeah, so I had to actually go and check that one. Um, luckily, uh, we still have a lot of the, a lot of that early history and uh, some of the folks at the AFL Ontario uh, organisational level are trying to collect all that. So we actually played our first game against the Lawrence Park Rebels, um, 
that club is still part of the competition, so they became the uh, Toronto Rebels uh, that we have in comp today. Uh, and the Dingoes actually got up in that one, um, seven goals too. And we had 18 players, uh, which is a pretty good sheet for the first, uh, first game we played in Canada. That's decent. Um, you guys 18 aside competition? Um, we try to be uh, in the men's at least. So uh, we do uh, from time to time have kind of matching down, like if a club only has 16 or something like that, just to make sure we still get a game of footy. If you have, you know, 30 plus blokes out there with both sides, let's, let's have a kick anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, it does vary a little bit. The women's, women's teams play uh, shorter. They typically play uh, 12s, I think. Yeah. Um, so you have a women's team, as you said. How did that come about and when did that start? Uh, we don't actually have a women's team. Oh, sorry. Team. No, all good. <laughs> Um, there, is a, there is a Women's AFL Ontario League uh, with a number of clubs. And uh, we did have a crack at starting up our women's team um, when I first started with the club, I think something like uh, 2013 or 14. Um, but we ne never quite got it off the ground. We had a couple of girls who were trying to organise that, but you really have to get that kind of core group uh, to get something like that off the ground. So nah, oh, much yeah. You know, all good. I, I'm, I, do, I do do a bit of research on the clubs. I'm like, oh, shit, I've missed the fact they've got a women's team, but I, I didn't, so that's okay. Um, so how many players do you guys have now, and hard, how hard is it to get players? Yeah, so obviously, uh, at the time we're talking now, it's a bit hard to gauge like the size of our playing group uh, because we haven't been able to get most of our uh, pre-season activities this year and that kind of thing, so it's going to be a bit of a weird year. But I'd say a list kind of oscillates between about... Uh, 20 to 30 guys typically who are active. Um, we do have a broader list of blokes around the club who played before and that kind of thing who will pop out for like a weekend here and there. Um, but yeah, around that 20 to 25 to 30. Um, and then we kind of have recruiting, uh, um, like word of mouth is definitely the way we recruit the most. Um, and then to, to build that player base and uh, also the social media uh, we try and push as well. Yeah, social media is very big nowadays to try and help recruit. Um, what is the ratio from Australians to Canadians or even like Americans and other people around the world? Yeah, so AFL Ontario has a bit of an interesting rule in this area. Um, so we have a, a mixed content rule um, where you can only have uh, so many Aussies, uh, six Aussies and a couple of internationals on the field at a time um, to try and preserve a number of playing spots uh, for Canadian players and to try and you know, encourage teams to grow uh, the Canadian player base. Uh, so we're probably sitting at about 50% Canadians and then the other 50% is kind of a mix of Australians, uh, Irish, uh, token Kiwi, um, and then a couple other nationalities in, in and out of the club from time to time. Is that police by like an armband on field or is it just sort of trying to you know, be honest uh, it's mostly being honest. Uh, obviously, someone could call for a count, although I've never actually been at a game where that's come up. And, you know, the reality is most of the guys are around the league for a number of years and there's only a handful of umpires. So they get to know who's who and, you know, who your gun Irish guy is, for example, they're going to notice that there's more than a few of them. Yeah, it sort of sounds like it's policed a lot more in the... Uh... The U.S. leagues, where it's—I um, think it was the Nationals competition. They were saying, "Yeah, it was the National Comp." Very, very strict. Yeah. yeah and I said uh, it'd be hard enough for umpires to officiate the game without having to check green cards as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, where do you guys uh, train and play your games? 
Yeah, so we uh, train in Midtown Toronto. Um, there's a couple of just local parks that we train in. So typically, uh, we don't have the luxury of any sticks or anything like that, those grounds, but nice flat piece of turf that we use and uh, good proximity to a sponsor pub, uh, which is also always crucial. Um, but then in terms of game day, um, you know, we as a league uh, are pretty privileged, I think, here to have uh, a really good ground at Humber College South uh, in Toronto, down by the lakeshore. Um, that's where basically all of the Toronto clubs play out of um, and really is an excellent uh, facility in terms of quality of the ground um, and of access as well. Yeah, so you say that it's up the road from your um, a sponsor pub. How hard is it to get sponsors across there? Um, I would say that we have never had too much trouble. Uh, we're usually aiming to have kind of two to three sponsors on the book at, at a time. Um, we have had, uh, in particular, Down Under Travel, who are actually a, a travel agency here in Canada, um, specializing in kind of Asia Pacific uh, travel. Um, they've been a sponsor for uh, over a decade at this point, I think, since 2008. Um, and we've had a couple of pubs in and out over the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the thing with that is with a decent sized playing group, um, you can make that work with kind of getting the, getting the group around at the pub after training or on game day. Um, you know, I think the, the big thing I'm kind of conscious of right now is obviously travel agency and a pub uh, uh, businesses <laughs> that are hurting a fair bit right now. So, you know, we're keen to get out and support them uh, as soon as we can. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that we're finding talking to all the clubs around the world is that, Having a pub as a sponsor is pretty uh, pretty common, even you know, in all parts of the world, because most clubs uh, enjoy kicking the footy and drinking just as much. So um, they all seem to go hand in hand with Aussie rules for some reason. I don't know why, but some reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys play in the Ontario Australian Football League. Uh, what time of the year do you actually play your season? Yeah. So. Uh, normally, our season would actually start uh, next weekend, I think. So the, the city permits here open up on May 24th, usually. Um, that's the start of our season, first round. Uh, and then we usually play through to the very end of September is kind of our time frame. So that's uh, obviously the same as the season back home almost, uh, but obviously here it's summer rather than winter. Nice. Uh, so um, how many games do you play in that season? And like, how does your final system work? Yeah, so it has varied a bit over the years. Uh, guys have told me that uh, back in the day, um, they did play as many as something like 15 or 16 rounds. Um, last couple of years that I, I've been involved, we typically play 12 rounds uh, and then a, a three rounds uh, final system. So you kind of have uh, one place two, three plays four, um, and the winner of the one versus two goes straight through the grand final and then they're gonna have another knockout round in the second week um, to finish, it, finish up the seedings. It sort of also sounds like all around the world there's a similar final system in place, which is nice. Um, how successful have the Dingoes been in the Ontario League? Um, I would say relatively successful. Um, so there are, I think, one or two clubs who still haven't managed to win a flag, um, although most are getting there at this point. Um, we have won uh, four Division One premierships um, over the years, although they were a fair while ago, so 2000 and then, then a three-peat. Um, from 2003 to 2005. Um, more recently, uh, we did win uh, the now defunct uh, Division Two competition back in, I think, 2013 or 14. 
um, but certainly kind of thirsty for another one at some point when we can get back on the field. No, I think everyone is, but uh, do you guys get to play in any other tournaments across Canada or the, um, do you compete in the US AFL championships as well? Yeah, so we don't compete uh, as a club in the USAFL uh, competition or those tournaments uh, sometimes run down there. Uh, we do obviously have some players who go with uh, Team Canada uh, for things like uh, the International Cup and uh, for the games they, that Team Canada plays against the US as well. Um, the exception is we have uh, from time to time when we go on uh, end of year trip, uh, if it aligns with a city that has a club, um, then we will sometimes play an exhibition match with them. Uh, in particular, uh, we played one out in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, when they were just trying to get their local team off the ground there. Um, and so we went out and had a kick with them, and I think uh, they all enjoyed themselves. We were a bit rusty from something that happened the night before. Can't imagine what, but uh, couldn't get out and have a kick. Oh, I'm going to cut you off, Rifty, because he's just mentioned end-of-season trips, and we're sort of learning that in uh, North America, it's not exactly a thing. Um, we love our end-of-season footy trips here. It's my favourite question that we ask. Where have you guys been on your end-of-season footy trips? And as you said, there's obviously things that you can't explain that have happened on them. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, we kind of try and mix it up. So we have been to some international destinations. We have been to some that are kind of just up the road just because we want to offer something for everyone's kind of financial um, state and that kind of thing so everyone can get involved. Um, it is a really important part of the social aspect of the club. Um, and we find that, you know, guys who come on that trip, those trips are the guys who are going to stay around basically forever because they have the best time. Um, so we have been to, uh, before my time, I believe a team went to Cuba. I've been to Cancun. Um, but we've also been to closer destinations. Like a, a common one over the years has been uh, Montreal, which is kind of uh, four or five hours drive up the road here from uh, Toronto. Um, and then also, you know, the last couple of years, we've been to Detroit once or twice as well and caught sports games down there and that kind of thing. Oh, that's uh, Cuba, Cancun. They, they definitely sound like destination our boys would love to go to. I was sitting there writing them down just to put on our players' page, you know, another yeah. place where you guys need to be jealous about. Yeah. Um, like you said, we've spoke to a, a few teams that are in, you know, different states of America that they, they sort of haven't embraced that side of uh, the Aussie game yet where – to us, most of our players only play footy for an end-of-season trip. So um, it's good that you guys uh, are doing that part of it. Do you try and include sort of games, like um, like you said, trying to play against other teams most years with that trip? Or you just... Uh... I wouldn't say most years, but certainly like just opportunistically um, where it's worked out. Um, so I believe, you know, I've I definitely played uh, one in Halifax. Um, I think we've played a couple of US teams when we've been doing that as well. Um, just depends, um, you know, what we can work out with the other team. And also it kind of has to fit in with their schedule because sometimes the tournament play in the US is quite offset from the season we're playing here. Yeah, we sort of found that a lot of clubs that, that have to... F travel a lot just to play their games. That's sort of the reason why they don't, they don't bother having a trip because it's, whereas you guys are lucky enough to have a, a, a league a bit more closer to home and uh, that you get to compete in. Um, they, they sit there and say that it's because of traveling and all that, but it's, I know it's because the, like, the players won't get enough brownie points throughout the season to do two, you know, an extra trip. 
Yeah, I will. I will say we do travel uh, to Ottawa for one game a year, and that's always a, a big weekend as well. Kind of drive up on the Saturday, play a game, and then stay there for the night and uh, go out in the town. Yeah, yeah, we did that once, and for a preseason uh, trip, we we went up to the, the country in Echuca to play a game, and um, yeah, someone was almost murdered, and uh, yes. Yeah, can't get into too many details. It's still under you investigation. Gumby, mate. You could have just said Gumby. That would have <laughs> yeah. been enough for our players. <laughs> yeah. Gumby almost got killed, but yeah. Sounds so like a good night out. So it's never happened again. <laughs> um, but sort of how long have you been the president at the Dingoes and how did you get, get into that role? Yeah, so this is actually my uh, first year as president. I was vice president last year and had a director position the year before that, just doing kind of social media and media communication stuff. Um, in terms of how you get into it and how I got into it with the Dingoes, I think uh, you know a lot of these uh, clubs outside of Australia, there's only a small group of people who are really sustaining them all of the time. Um, I was just one of those guys around the club who was picking up and doing things that needed doing um, and then uh, kind of had a shift over as guys hit different stages of life they have less time for this stuff um, so I stepped in um, to more of those roles over the last couple of years to kind of pick that up and then of course I'm trying to grow the next group of people to take it forward um, after me as well. That's what I'm enjoying about these I reckon out of all the clubs just what we've spoken to you're probably about the fourth or fifth that are actually in their first season as presidency and so is uh, my co-host Rifty it's his first year and I I don't envy you guys because normally it's hard enough to be president at the best of times and you guys have had an extra you know, bit of shit thrown in your plate trying to navigate your way through COVID. So you know, I hope you guys can get out there and play in footy so your job's a little bit easier than what it is at the moment. Um, so you said you'd had a fair a few other roles in the committee. What roles are on the committee in Toronto? Um, yeah, so one other thing I wanted to mention is I also am uh, secretary of AFL Ontario. So kind of um, sitting in that situation and trying to work out how we get a season going as well. Um, so definitely an interesting time with all this kind of been thrown in front of us. Um, all right, so I'm going, to, I'm going to cut you off to say, how'd you get involved in that role? Because <laughs> that's something that you sort of just, uh, you hid from me. <laughs> um, that's another one where we've kind of just been, so AFL Ontario for a very long time was uh, a small group of uh, people on the board um, kind of, again, just sustaining it. Um, not every club was necessarily putting someone forward. Um, I think two years ago, we changed the format um, so that every club has to have a, a representative on the board. Um, we're also just working with AFL Canada on our non-profit status and uh, getting official recognition of the sporting, bo uh, sporting body provincially. Um, so as a result of that, there was a call for kind of broader engagement with the clubs. Um, at the time, as vice president of our club, I stepped up and said I'd um, do that. And, uh, you know, I think Honestly, it is an improvement and it is, uh, I think, working better for everyone in terms of having that engagement on the board. Um, but yeah, it is a, a bit of work involved in well as well to keep that going. Um, we have a lot of great volunteers uh, as well to help us out, so it's good. Uh, good on you. Um, how hard is it to get playing gear and training gear across there? Um, yeah, so we do have a couple of suppliers who are able to get us jerseys and that kind of kit. Um, bit of a lead time but not too bad um, and I know um, we aren't so fortunate but some of the uh, AFL Ontario clubs also have uh, relationships with uh, uh, AFL clubs back home and that kind of thing uh, where they can get some gear that way too 
Um, you know, the, the main thing is always footies. Uh, footies are like uh, gold. Um, so usually if uh, we have a guy going back and we, we know um, that the stuff we have is getting a bit old, we'll just uh, get them to pick it up and bring it over and reimburse them, to be honest, is the easiest way with some of that stuff. It sounds like that's the way around the world. Um, hey, Rifty, have you seen what jumpers these guys wear? No, I haven't actually. Uh, well, uh, see that jumper behind me, mate? Very similar to that one. So they're, they're, oh. they've got good taste in Toronto. Sash, yeah. Here I thought they were, you know, decent clubs. They got gone with a bit of an original name, and now I hear they just copied the bloody bombers. That's disappointing. No, come on, mate. Just uh, you, you, you can't rebuild. Be sorted in about ten years. Yeah, don't worry come about on. us, you, mate. We're coming. We're coming. Um, but what about yourself, mate? How long have you uh, played footy for? Not not just in Toronto, but sort of total career and. What, what sort of posse do you play? Yeah, so funnily enough, um, I am a banana bender. I come from Queensland and I played rugby most of my uh, life up until moving to Canada. So I actually started playing footy in Toronto, if you can believe it. Um, I was just sitting there one winter uh, getting getting a bit dirty about the weather and looking for something to do. And it just happened that the uh, dingoes were holding a preseason indoor training session up the road from where I lived. So I was like, all right, that looks like me and didn't look back. Uh, so that was, I think, 2012. And I've been playing with the club uh, since then. Oh, nice. Uh, it's good that uh, your time over in Canada, though, are able to convince you to play a better, better form of football instead of rugby. Like, uh, yeah, many yeah, Queenslanders... Well, it's uh, definitely one of those things where, you know, we've, we've had Auskick around at the school and that kind of thing, but it just wasn't really an option at the, at the schools I went to and that kind of thing at the time. Although I know uh, since then, definitely the high school I went to has a, a, a strong uh, AFL club and they're involved in the cops locally uh, with that now. But, you know, at the time it was all, all rugby all the time. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like being Victorians, we, we just think basically football's the only game there is. But... Uh... I've a brother that had to move up to Queensland and, you know, he starts kicking around a footy and they're like, oh, what are you playing that shit game for? It's all about rugby up there. And you, you don't realise sort of how, how, how different it is around different parts of Australia with uh, especially, yeah, Queensland's the big place that just hasn't quite embraced football, even with, when they've had such a successful team in the Brisbane Lions in the past. But... Um, but so what's sort of been the, the biggest highlight for you? Obviously, you've only played a few years at Toronto, but what's been the highlight so far your career there? Yeah, so I think my uh, big highlight on the field would be, uh, you know, we did win, I think, uh, two Div 2 premierships back in 13-14 um, that I was involved with. And we had a really, uh, obviously, a big big playing group at the time, first of all, to field both the Div 1 and Div 2 side, um, as did a number of other clubs. Uh, but winning those was definitely um, pretty big for me personally. Um, but like I said, I'd still like to get back and get one in Div 1 at some point. Yeah, I can imagine uh, winning a Div 1 flag would be very nice. So um, one thing that I like to ask our guests on here is about sports in their country. Myself and Rifty are big fans of uh, the NBA. So I'm not too sure what that noise was. Um, myself and Rifty are big fans of the NBA and we were cheering on the Raptors last year when they dismantled the Golden State Warriors in the finals. What was Toronto like during that period when they went on to win the championship? Yeah, um, 
It was mayhem, even in the uh, not even in the in the finals, like the round before that, the conference finals. Um, I mean, it was the game against uh, uh, was it Philly or the Bucks, the conference finals. I can't even remember, but there's one one of those games we were out out at the uh, sponsor pub and uh, was, uh, just going absolutely wild, and that was the clincher for that se- series. And then uh, things just got pro- progressively uh, more insane from there with the uh, the win in the finals and people dancing on buses and streetcars and that kind of thing downtown. Oh, so I was at home on the couch on crutches during their finals. Um, now, ESPN in Australia just love to constantly show Drake on the screen. Was he you know, shared that much across there as well? Or was it just like, oh, yeah, that's Drake. Who cares? Oh, I think there is a bit of the, the Drake. That's Drake. Who cares? But he's still on the TV a fair bit. The, uh, you know, his, his seats there at the, uh, at the stadium are, are right next to the uh, Canadian broadcast, broadcasting booth. So they often kind of lean over and get him on there if they can get his ear. Um, so he's part of the broadcast here as well, for good or for bad. Yeah, because uh, across here, it seems to look like, you know, you, you could have thought he was part of the, the team that actually won the championship and not you know, Leonard and all that type of stuff. But anyway, uh, so who do you follow in the AFL? Um, so I mentioned I only picked it up over here, but it, I did... Uh, watched the uh, Brizzy Lions when I was still um, in Australia. Uh, obviously not intently as I wasn't a big footy guy at the time, uh, but I had been to a couple of games there at the Gabba and, and watched them there, um, which is uh, great, although poorly timed. I think I miss, missed the bandwagon and also uh, hasn't really come back since. Oh, yeah, they they uh, had a decent decent crack last year, which was good to see them sort of uh, get back, a, you know, Make up a few spots on the ladder, definitely uh, in the last season. Um, but what about funny stuff? What's been the the funniest moment, either playing with the dingoes or just on the sideline uh, watching yeah, the game? I think the obviously the, the moments that stand out. I think you know, there's always uh, in these leagues overseas. Um, you know, you occasionally will see a big hit that wouldn't really stand out in the game back home necessarily, but kind of comes from nowhere when it happens here. Uh, so I've definitely seen a couple of guys souls leave their body when they take that first uh, crunching tackle. They didn't really see coming because they've only played uh, soccer or something else before. Um, I think uh, the other one that sticks out to my mind is just uh, we have one of the Irish boys who will remain nameless. Uh, kind of lined himself up, took a kick straight through the sticks, uh, celebrated like he won the grand final. And then, of course, it was uh, the uh, outer sticks and he scored a behind, uh, which was <laughs> really funny for everyone. Now, uh, I, I played with a guy last year who we, you know, everyone's got a nickname. He's from Canada, so his nickname's Canadian. And it was his first ever year playing footy. His first game, he's, uh, he's thought he's got an open goal right in the goal square. The guy's seven foot tall. And yeah, he's done that. He's kicked it straight through the points, celebrated like it was a goal, and we're like, "Nah, mate, the big sticks." It's oh, <laughs> so it's all, yeah. always a classic when that happens. The uh, the off-field one uh, was actually on the uh, infamous Cancun footy trip, and uh, one of the boys infamous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one, of the, one of the boys was uh, a bit peckish after a night out, and was uh, getting a hot dog or something, and he turned around to do that, and his mate. Uh, Somehow I managed to purchase a dog for 20 bucks um, and brought it back to the hotel. Uh, so that was an interesting conversation with the concierge the next morning to deal oh, with that. Geez. That was pretty good effort. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> a dog for 20 bucks. All right, that's a, 
some good value. All right, so now you didn't want to mention blokes' names before. Well, now we're going to throw blokes under the bus here. So we're going to run through a handful of uh, who, who at your club would be the following. Uh, I'll ask a couple, Rifty likes a couple, and then, yeah, we'll get some answers and throw some blokes under the bus and get some good content. Um, so who at the Toronto Dingoes would you say is the ladies' man? I, you know what? That was a tough one to, for me to think about, but I think uh, Mike Boshan, the captain, that's got to be him. It's, it's always good when it's hard to think about, but then as soon as you actually click, you're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely him. Um, the class clan or the joker? Uh, for that, I've got Owen, the Irish sensation, uh, Bergen. Um, and we made the mistake of getting him to MC the uh, awards night one year. And uh, he turned up quite lubricated. And uh, <laughs> that was still a very entertaining evening, but uh, not, uh, not so great on the format of the night. But so he's Irish as well? Is that what you said as well? He's... Yeah, he is. Would, did that make it like, obviously sometimes your Irish accent can be hard enough to understand and if you lick it up, it could be even worse for you? No, he's, uh, he's very well experienced. I think he'd be harder to understand sober. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I don't know if you, you've got somebody different, but uh, who's the party animal? Uh, so my mate Ben Moller, another Queenslander. Uh, he'd be my pick for that. Uh, you know, he, uh, he's one of the blokes who I've had to pick up for the Ottawa trip before and uh, didn't quite make the alarm clock and sit, out the, sit outside calling and honking and never able to raise him. So, you know, he's my, he's my number one pick for that one. All right. And so who's the bloke that just takes the game far too seriously? Uh, another Irish lad, Gary Conlon. Um, Takes a takes offence to every tackle uh, that he's ever received. Uh, he thinks thinks everyone who's ever tackled him should get a fifty. I reckon. <laughs> I oh, there's there's, there's definitely one of those top top of blokes at every club. I reckon. Yeah, we got a couple at our club, mate. Um, all right. So the next one, from the sounds of it, you are pretty integral part of Toronto. But which people? So the mum and dad at the club. So the two people that the dingoes would be absolutely lost without. Yeah, so I think uh, right now, I'd probably say, uh, actually, person I mentioned for the previous one, so Gary, Gary for all his on-field antics, is definitely uh, one of the guys that's kind of heart and soul of the social calendar and making sure that we uh, get out and about for things other than just playing footy together and kind of build that camaraderie. Uh, and also, Greg Gilbert uh, is another member of our board right now, you know, organises a bunch of stuff, has organised a number of the last couple of footy trips, um, you know, making sure that, again, we just uh, get out there and enjoy the, the other things in life as well together. Yeah, I can't argue that the uh, bloke that organises the footy trip is the most important person at the club. Absolutely. We actually won't tell the bloke who organises our footy trip that because he's already got a big enough head, doesn't need to get any bigger. Well, he already tells us he's oh. the most important, so... True. Well, he is right, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, like I said, when when uh, most of our players are, are only playing footy for the after-season trip, I guess he he does become pretty important. Um, but where could everyone go to follow along with the dingoes and uh, keep updated once you guys are back up and playing? Yep. Uh, so we have the website at torontodingoes.ca. Uh, we do try and post uh, match reports um, after every game. Uh, and also we're at uh, Toronto Dingoes FC on uh, Twitter and Facebook, probably our most active social media platforms. And where can people go to find um, AFL Ontario? 
so AFL Ontario, I believe it's uh, aflontario.com um, and uh, lots of information there. And, uh, you know, I will mention that uh, if there happen to be people out there who are looking for, to play footy or um, get involved with a club in, in Ontario and don't happen to be in Toronto, there are other clubs on there as well. And uh, people are trying to start off teams in a number of other Ontario cities as well, which is great. Oh, very nice. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Ed Dog, before we, we jump off? I just want to thank Steve no. for jumping on with us. Um, you know, thank you for taking time out of your Friday afternoon. Um, it's nice and early over here recording this. Uh, we hope you guys get a season. So obviously if the Dingoes can get a game, but also make your role on the uh, Ontario AFL Ontario board a bit easier moving forward. Uh, once we get our club rooms open up, we can get in there. We'll actually going to send across a polo shirt or a jumper or something like that just as a bit of a Aussie mateship thing with the dingoes but yeah other than that mate we'll make sure we share all your socials and thanks for joining us again awesome thanks for having me guys appreciate it oh, we appreciate your time and like you said we do hope you you're able to get a season up and and get that uh div one championship you've been chasing and uh if you do if you do manage to get one we'll definitely have to catch up after it and see how the season went and um yeah, best of luck for it all and good luck with your presidency and, uh, yeah, hope it all goes well. All right, thank you. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.